0: 60
1: seconds to comply. I think you'd better do what he says, Mr. Kenny.
0: You have 60 seconds to comply. This has been at 45. Part man? Part machine. Or pod. This minute begins with Robocop waking from a nightmare and ends with Lewis chasing after Robocop in the hallway. <laughs>
1: One thing uh, I love that's in both the script, this movie, and in the book is the line "Bucket Boy is on is online." Bucket Boy, I
0: was trying to figure out what he was saying. Okay, yeah, that's great. Yeah,
1: it's Bucket Boy. It's it's the Bucket bucket Boy. boy.
0: (laughs) It's the Bucket Boy show. Yes, I I think this is a really. It's not. I guess it's a transition, not a literal, you know, editing transition, but it's just a really dope transition from him writhing around and then all of a sudden return to this mm. calmness robocop theme is is heard for the second time yes. it's more subdued it's stately it's heroic it's just mm, it's yeah. good
1: yeah just the 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 the, the <laughs> to pop a cap in the end of the moment just you we know, the the gunshot that well killed murphy as the the shot that wakes him out of his lack of a better word sleep hmm and yeah and i like how this is one of those things where the technicians are just like we don't know what the fuck happened and what i like looking back because i don't know part of my brain always thinks oh you know this is what happens after you know the confrontation the gas station or what happens after this or what happens but no this is like he's starting to regain this stuff before he even meets lewis
0: yeah, and it's funny how much this show inspires us to talk about the brain, but it's just... Yeah, I love thinking about how, well, first of all, we we just don't know anything. We really don't know anything. Even no. when there's something very clearly wrong with someone, they're just like, well, the, the our very primitive archaic tests show that you're fine.
1: Mm. <laughs> no, our primitive archaic tests show that the results of what our primitive archaic tests, you know, show... Yes, we just assume they're fine.
0: Yeah, it's like um, in Chernobyl where there's that scene um, where the the radiation levels. Oh well, the radiation levels were only up to however much amount. Like yeah, because the readouts only go that high. It was yes! several thousand times higher. It's just that it couldn't <laughs> fucking read it.
1: <laughs> the gauge is like peaking at the top. Doesn't necessarily mean it stops at like one hundred. Um, I can't remember what the bloody um, rad's. You know, mm. you know, it just means your gauge is rated for a hundred rad. It just doesn't doesn't mean that's exactly it. Yeah. You know, when when Homer Simpson walks out and he's glowing green, <laughs> you know you're done goofed.
0: But I have to wonder if uh, oh here here comes a Star Trek reference.
1: Well, shit! It's exactly what I was hoping to spare you from.
0: But you know, did the <laughs> Org start out this way maybe they were kind of testing out cybernetics and maybe they mm. made cyborg law enforcement and all that next next minute you're in mm. a big cube floating in space <laughs>
1: <laughs> well there's never been well unless it's all explored in Voyager, and therefore we'll never know but there's never been a like a, from what I can understand, never been a deep exploration about the Borg, except in you know secondary media like books or comics and stuff like that. And it's so, and my fan fiction. Yeah, well, I include that as secondary media.
0: Yes. So the
1: the canon of it is never truly settled, like most ex you know external media to like the main canon. Mm. Uh, but I do love that idea, like you know. Um, Something went wrong, or at least, you know, one of those things where people, they're exploring this idea of, like, biomechanical integration. And then, just, almost like, um, the other example I'll go into is, say, like, Spider-Man 2. How uh, Dr. Octopus's tentacles have their own AI. Doc
0: Cock, if you will.
1: And once the inhibitor chip got easily broken, Mm. then... Octavius has been influenced by the tentacles, so you gotta fucking wonder what's going on with that that particular AI.
0: That fascinated me so much as a kid. I loved Mm. Spider-Man too, and more than anything, I wanted Mm. the tentacles more than Spider-Man's powers. And I thought, you know, so each one has its own brain, and how does that? What kind of consciousness is that? It's it would be so alien, but and yet they're able to communicate with. Octavius so yeah i i love that little spin hmm. on it cuz i think in the comics Dr. Octopus is just he's okay
1: yeah he's he's just a regular guy he gets caught up in an explosion and turns criminally insane because yeah. comic books
0: but the idea of this ai infusing with his brain like hell yeah what is that about
1: yes but what i like is that it's not the ai going we need to destroy the world it's the ai going no 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 we need to fulfill our purpose what you built us for which is to build this giant um well i say giant this tiny sun on the planet we're just yeah. gonna make it a bit bigger because we got unlimited power
0: yes yeah now i want to watch that again um
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a great film
0: yeah i have to wonder i'm pretty pro transhumanist and i think we will mm. see a lot of cybernetic innovations in, in the next few centuries but mm. I think there's probably going to be an upper threshold. I don't think we're going to look into the distant future, even. Well, it depends how long humans are going to live for. The idea that they're going to be around a million years from now, I don't. I don't know about that. But let's just say
1: they're still around. Hmm? Flat out, we've not lived for a million years. We've barely lived over ten thousand years. Yeah, we're pretty new. In the grander scale of things, we're like a we're a blink, and we miss and you miss us. New kids on the block.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and. Yeah, uh, I think even if you looked a million years into the future, hmm. there is something so inherent about humanity that y- you can't divorce us from without just totally becoming something else. And maybe there are going to be these dark points in history where we did go a little bit too far, and then we, we hmm. I think we would inevitably pull back, I think. Most humans just want to, you know, eat, sleep, do sex all that you know the simple pleasures in life
1: the basic human desires is yeah some place to eat some place to sleep some person to sex yeah
0: Hmm. i think there are going to be those people who will aspire to this very inhuman transhuman existence where it's all cerebral but no i I don't see that being catching on
1: we have it in normal society we've got the normies i'm using air quotes there or at least what society does (laughs) Terms to be normies, but that's again societal constructs, mm-hmm. and you're still going to get your outliers, you're going to still get just the other cultural stuff. So, you're always going to have some degree of um, cultural separation on things, you've but you've also got transgenderism, you've also got non binary. We're, we're starting to explore different gender roles and gender identity, so there's always going to be an evolution.
0: I think someone in ancient Egypt would be pretty shocked to see, say, for example. Uh, a lot of third-world countries or, I mean, this, even the Amish yes, should choose yes. to live in a very traditional way that's fairly comprehensible to someone who lived 5,000 years ago.
1: No, I, my brain was there going, Egyptians would have been very shocked to have seen a white man, so that's why they crucified him.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the Romans, but...
1: <laughs> Oh, uh, it just... Uh... The white guy version of Jesus always kind of makes me just laugh. <laughs> it's mm. like
0: nah, he would not have looked like that. Uh, my favorite is Chinese. Uh, if you look at so this, this Chinese Christian artwork, oh, and uh, yeah, Chinese this is really great.
1: <laughs> oh, I I gotta Google this. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it. My my favorite is still um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger Jesus.
0: I have not seen Arnie Jesus.
1: Oh, Arnie Jesus is amazing. Is oh her? oh shit! Oh that's. Yeah. A... That's amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Holy
1: <laughs> shit. The one I'm I looking at the one it. with Jesus and John the Baptist, and it's like, oh wow, that's that's amazing.
0: Uh, it's like a mashup of styles. I love it.
1: I know. It it, it feels like fan art. It does! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm being offensive, but it does. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you just look up uh, uh Arnie Jesus, and it's him busting off the cross, and it is amazing.
0: Oh, that one! How could I forget?
1: Yeah, it's so good. It's so good.
0: (laughs) Anyway, Robocop. (laughs) That's a tangent. Yes. Uh, Lewis, uh, she's she's, Mm. uh, bringing in some other criminal unrelated case and uh, tells her now partner to, to book that dude and then she runs off after Robocop and it's frustrating because it ends there so it's about yeah. to lead up to a very important minute but mm.
1: we're just getting to one of the the, the best parts of oh God, the movie full of best parts we're getting to one of the best parts I'm just trying to check the book because I didn't see if I can oh in the book it's the partner is referred to as Starkweather but I'm not sure if that's in the let me just check the Wikipedia because I do have some notes on the cops themselves oh yeah uh, no, it doesn't say if, uh... You know, I might just go check the footage, because, yeah.
0: He says a name. It's just, like, generic, like, <laughs> Dano, something like that.
1: Uh, it can't be Starkweather, because, um, Starkweather is an African-American, and that is clearly not. But the problem is, is the, um, the Robocop vision, it blurs the identity, cause, just because they the flame. Oh, that could just be my face blindness. It could just be that. But yeah, I, I don't think uh, Lewis's new partner is ever named in, in the in the script. It's just referred to as new partner. Hmm. So there we go. And the script is king, obviously. So yes, his, his real name is Partner.
0: I my I don't know idea of Lewis or her journey has definitely changed doing this podcast because it felt like she and Murphy had this real tight bond. But you go, oh yeah, they really only knew each other maybe a day. Hmm. Yeah, I know. But I think she, despite that, she just intuits something about Robocop.
1: Mm. Yeah, just watching this movie, you just think, yeah, these two are... The chemistry between the actors and just the dialogue in the script, it always just feels like, yeah, these guys know, knew each other.
0: They're perfectly cast.
1: If you say you came in late, you missed this, the bit where Murphy turns up to Metro West saying he's just been transferred... You would have just thought that these two are just two regular cops who do this, you know, has, has been doing this for years.
0: I remember it was, like, the first week at TAFE. Maybe it was the first day. It could be at uh, Midland TAFE. This was, like, 15 years ago. That's so weird to think about. But, in yeah. In the before times. In the before times. The way before times. And <laughs> there was this uh, guy and a girl, and they were chatting during our lunch break, and they seemed to just be getting on, like, a house on fire. They you know, really... Seemed to have mm. a bone there and went, Oh, do you guys already know each other? I went, No, we just met today. <laughs> what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had something similar at, um, I was in, a, oh, God, this was a couple of years ago. I was at a, um, a theme park in, um, in Malaysia and mm. went for the Halloween night. And I was there with my friend Brian and, uh, there was just this other uh, couple. And I, th- I thought they were a couple couple. Mm. And we just started getting along, chatting and, uh, but they, those two seem like insanely close, <laughs> and I found out later. No, they just met each other, and amazing. Not, not even like a date or anything. Like they just met each other. It just it was like, God, yeah. Just they just felt like two people who knew each other.
0: Yeah, they met their soulmate. I, cause I was <laughs> thinking, you know, in movies it happens all the time where yeah these characters go on this epic journey. And they've really only known each other for maybe half a day, but it feels so much more significant because of the power of film. But, Hmm. yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think back to when I first met a lot of my friends. I think it was like a slow thing. I think, oh, I met you... Um, at a Halloween, it was a Halloween thing, it just it's a Halloween just, thing, yeah. Your, your life revolves around costumes, so yeah, Halloween tends to be a significant <laughs> thing, but yeah, we met at a nightclub. It was a Halloween night, and I was so into Ghostbusters at the time. Went, oh my god, there's some Ghostbusters! So I just yeah. introduced
1: myself, and I think we did, yeah, you were dressed up as Maleficent, if I'm hell right. yeah,
0: not my best Maleficent costume, but you know, yeah. um. Yeah, and I think we, we already had that connection, but it, it takes time to really form that bond. I don't know if I've ever really just instantly clicked. There's definitely times where I go, oh, yeah, I could see... I, I want to hang out with this person again, but no, not like
1: yeah. that. I think for me, personally, it's like... I I don't think I've had, had that instantaneous thing, yeah, but I've also had that thing where I've had the other person kind of be the one that clicks in the sense mm-hmm. of, like, you know, they've glomped onto me more than the other way around so it's just a thing of like you're my friend now uh, okay
0: <laughs> yeah I, hmm, I i am a flirt i cannot help myself i do i flirt with everybody so there's definitely <laughs> that where i'm just this is my default way of interacting with people and the other person's a little bit more invested mm. in me than i am in them
1: <laughs> i've gone to the point where it's more about like you know say like a like tafe. it's like you chat to people, and you eventually will fall into like a clique, or you know, um, I'm not meant saying that like as a bad thing, but like you say, for example, I'm a mature age student, so I tend to gel better with other mature age or old, you know, older things rather than the teenagers.
0: Yeah, no, that's always been the way for me. That's why I'm mostly friends with with old people. Yeah,
1: well, I was going to say if it had been like say. Ten years ago, I might have been a bit different. you know. I might have been a bit more like I could have more related to the kids. But now it's like I think I'm just kind of... I'm officially old enough.
0: How do you do, fellow children or teenagers? What, what's that line? I can't remember.
1: Hello, fellow students.
0: I think it is, yeah. How do you do, fellow hello, kids? Hello, oh. yeah, People know the thing I'm representing. Steve Buscemi.
1: How do you do, fellow kids, is all the pictures I'm seeing. Yep. Yeah. This is a Google-centric... Uh, couple of minutes. <laughs> anyway. So one of the notes I have down here is... Um, Roosevelt. Um, he's... Uh, in the script, it says... Um, so it cuts from uh, Bucket Boys Online to... Precinct Hallway, Roosevelt. Leans against the wall, hitting on Foley. Which in this movie is actually Ramirez. A pretty lady cop. Sure, I'm a scientist. But I hit the gym three times a week. And we... In the movie... We assume we've just cut past that uh, cheesy pickup line, and he immediately gets called into uh, "what the hell just happened" kind of thing. Mm. So I, I do love that that the book and in the the script. So it's like, <laughs> I'm kind of really glad they cut that out. Yeah. But I, I just like that he's just hanging with a cop.
0: Uh, oh god, why am I blanking on a freaking name? Uh, Doctor. Uh. Tyler. Uh, Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, we, we don't really get much Tyler action. It's, well, this is probably the last time we actually ever see her.
0: Yeah, I was about to say. So I think this is the last thing. But I just. just We've we become so fascinated with this character. And just I want to know, like, what's her relationship with Robocop? What does she think about all of this? I don't know. It's
1: just... I'm just going to quickly. She's in minute 47. And I think that's going to be. No, she's in. The last few frames of minute 48. So we'll RSVP her then. No. Maybe we can write her into the rest of the plot. We'll just write her into the Robocop uh, remake uh, with Peter Weller's Robocop.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah, she brings him out. She's the only one who knows how to
1: rebuild him. I don't know if uh, Sage Parker is still acting or not. (laughs) But we'll bring her back. We'll make her an offer she can't refuse, which is probably a lot of money. I don't know where we're getting the money, but either way. Um, Speaking of uh, Tyler, so Ed drops this little bit of nugget about the naming in this movie. Mm. All the scientists are named after presidents, and all the cops are named after serial killers, at least bar one. Oh? So we've got Roosevelt, obviously, um, but we also have, like, I think, so I'm looking at the Wikipedia. There's Holtzgang... Walker, Kinney, Johnson, Morton, Jones. So a lot of these don't sound like presidents' names, unless they're... I don't know. I don't know a president's. But in OCP, you get um, Manson, mm-hmm. uh, I think Ramirez, uh, Chessman, Fredrickson, Cecil... So the only one that's not named after a serial killer specifically is they named uh, Kaplan, who was named after a director, Jonathan Kaplan, who actually helped get the original script to uh, John Davison, the producer. Mm. And my last bit of script for this uh, commentary minute is Ed actually credits Paul for the uh, Lewis scene. But it seems to be in the book and the novelization, so it might just be one of those scenes where it, how they shot it is probably different to how it was intended or something like that. But uh, yeah, I make, it makes sense that it feels like such a pivotal scene and it's like maybe it wasn't in there and we just need that one little... Oomph to get Murphy's ball rolling because he doesn't know his name. Mm. When we see him scanning the archives, he kind of needs to know that one thing, that one little clue. You know, he, he might notice um, something might click in that face with his dream, but he's probably not going to know a name.
0: That's just so wild to me to think someone could just make you forget who you are, just your entire identity yeah. gone.
1: Well, we do have uh, trauma-based memory loss and things like that, but.
0: Yeah, because some of my memories, because of the aforementioned encephalitis, you know, my mum will mention, oh, I saw your old boss today. Oh, the one from uh, Kmart. Oh, no, the one from this costume store you were at. What? When? What the... F- when? When did I do that? <laughs> Who is this woman you're referring to? I don't know. It's just completely gone from my memory now.
1: Well, this is why, I'm, you know, memories in court are technically the least reliable thing you should ever go with, because... Oh, Absolutely. Wow, they could be easily manipulated, and also, yeah, our memories are
0: shit. Oh, even those times when you're like, "I am so certain of this. I know yes. the line went like this," and it's like, "Oh no, the wording is mm. totally different. I am completely wrong."
1: Well, that's how you get things like, um, oh, what what's it called? Where you got like the Berenstein versus Berenstein? Mandela effect. The Mandela effect. Yes.
0: Oh, anyone who believes in that basically thinks that they're infallible and doesn't know how stupid human beings <laughs> truly are
1: but yeah it's funny how our brains will develop a, a vision of something or we have a memory of something and sometimes it's completely wrong but the funny thing you've been talking about like say lines in movies and stuff like that there have been like weird things where like there's been international cuts of movies or TV cuts of movies and people will remember a thing and then they go and watch, like say it on DVD and whatever, or like the cinematic cut, the one that's just general release. And they're going, "Where's that thing? I remember that thing. That's happened to me."
0: Oh my god, Reddit! You know, all the Reddit mysteries are so full of yeah. that. <laughs> yeah,
1: and sometimes it's just that, like um, they've cut out something for a TV edit, and they'll they'll pop in a deleted scene or something else just to like pad out the time. Like, there's a lot of weird edits. My personal favourite is. Army of Darkness because there's like a bajillion of edits of that depending on region so the American one is what you can mostly get but I remember the Australian edition which is slightly different and I actually prefer the Australian edition so you cannot really get the Australian edition except on VHS because they've never released it digitally but I've got enough Blu-ray copies now that I could probably piece it back together
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) yeah I'm a mad lad I know Anyway. <laughs> Are we just avoiding the inevitable?
0: Uh, Here we go, gaslighting Robocop.
1: Alex, how do you feel? I feel fine, Dr. Norton.
0: This minute begins with sellers saying, aspirational, right? They have to believe in this thing. And ends with Norton saying, do you like peanut butter, Kim? While well, performing brain surgery. <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta say, a close-up of Robo Flag licking his lips is not what I signed up for.
1: Uh, no no i do not want um I, I i gotta we gotta do a lovely shout out to uh niall and john because this is keaton going nuts
0: yeah you want to get nuts let's get nuts
1: yeah um my other my other really note it is this is pretty much every ceo in reality we have a deadline and you need to make it despite anything do whatever you want I was like yeah, This is where this movie hits home really well But again, it's the guy we're not supposed to like Is just, oh, well, that's the most accurate and truthful performance of all of it Ironically, he then go on to play um, Ray Kroc in The Founder Another piece of shit CEO Yeah,
0: that's the McDonald's one, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, is it Ray Kroc or Ray Croft? I think it's Kroc What a Kroc yeah. He's been dead a long time, so he won't sue me
0: It's fine Yeah, don't you worry about
1: Yeah, he's the guy that's responsible for McDonald's being the mega conglomerate that is slowly killing our planet with uh, hamburgers.
0: Yep. What a way to go. (laughs) Man, just. I want to know how the human race dies because it's going to (laughs) be fucking stupid. It's going to be hilarious. I just. Yeah, I, on a cosmic scale, there must be other species who gained sentience, but again, <laughs> they were alone. They had no one to guide them, and so they also died for hedonistic reasons,
1: I assume. Well, this is where you get the, what's it, the Fermi Paradox? Fermi Paradox. The Fermi Paradox, yes, where it's like the the chances of there being another you know sentient life form out of the galaxy, and the chances of there not being a sentient life from the galaxy are equal
0: yeah i just, now i'm inspired to write a short story where yeah there's this race and they suddenly become self-aware they build this amazing society then they i don't know again like hamburgers or their, their love of <laughs> uh fossil fuel burning vehicles it's just it's too great for them to sacrifice so they mm. die because of their love of this thing their addiction to this thing and then the rest of the universe never remembers them they're just you know the planet falls into its local star there's no trace of this there's just nothing you know
1: well this is where i know this is going to be very off topic for this particular movie but this is where it's like really interesting thinking about our place in the universe because if we get visited by extraterrestrials that means they have a level of technology that allows them to traverse through space at such speeds which means they are vastly superior than us at this moment. Mm. On the other hand, if we develop uh, the ability to travel you know, faster than light or whatever, you, you know, break physics and all that type of stuff. It's the difference between being the colonizer or the colonized. Exactly. And it's weird, it's a lot in science fiction, that it's almost that thing where humans go out into space and almost immediately they're kind of on the same level as everyone else. Mm, Mass Effect. Yeah, Mass Effect does it well in that sense of, like, humanity still had to earn their place in the greater society of, you know, intergalactic society, mm. and they still have a human war. Um, same with Babylon 5, there was the... Um,
0: yeah, they're kind of like the little sibling, like, oh, yep, here you are, yeah. don't act like you're yeah. you're one of us just yet.
1: I think Star Trek's the only one that's been ever truly shown a altruistic version of that where, like, they just happen to have been caught the attention of one of the most peaceful species in the... And the only, where I, the only problem is I've I seen that in hindsight is that, and we didn't try and shoot them. 'Cause mm. that just feels like such an American thing to do. In the context of first contact, yeah, it works oh, yeah. a bit better. Oh man.
0: No, nah, okay. That's way off of topic <laughs> here. But yeah, I know, but it, it means we don't it...
1: have to talk about CEOs
0: yeah no there's a Transformers fan fiction I want to do (laughs) oh shit what are we
1: going to do now
0: it's going to be kind of a I don't know a satirical (laughs) take on the Michael Bay universe and it's going to be about uh, American sovereignty and Mm. how it it, inevitably I think if we had first contact they would take over the situation because they have the most firepower and Mm. inevitably they're going to fuck it up and turn it into a military clusterfuck so that's what I'm doing with with transformers, like okay, so you um you took out both the Decepticons and the Autobots, but there's still Decepticons <laughs> around, and now there's no Autobots. So good job, America. The whole planet's fucked. Yeah.
1: Uh, no, I'm just thinking um if we do ever in that situation or in any sp- situation where you know we become spacefaring mm. and then we're still in the capitalistic society that we are today, we're the fucking Ferengi. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I say that like it's a revelation. What the Ferengi work based on us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a great um Star Trek panel, I think it was from uh the, the Vegas uh, cons a few years ago, and someone asked uh Armin Schumann, you know, why he likes playing Ferengis and he just turned around and said something Clons, like you know, oh how how do you play a Ferengi? It's like they're the most human. <laughs> mm. That's how he played it. He he played them like humans. Yeah. They are. Yeah, it's it's fitting. It's,
0: it's almost like a parody of human, like an alien doing a parody of a human.
1: <laughs> well, you got a layer there because it's a it's a human mimicking an alien, parodying a human. It's the
0: Connie and Carla of alien drag.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Warp driving that back into RoboCop.
0: Mm-hmm, somehow.
1: But yeah, like you have this CEO who has, yeah. Okay, man, this is based off Steve Jobs more than anyone else, and. The funny thing is, my brain I went to the modern-day CEO of games, and not even, funny enough, not even movies, but definitely game production, where it's always that thing of some dickhead executive at the top sets a a hard release date... an impossible one. ...before even a line of code is made. Oh, yeah. And you're supposed to, you know, build the code, build, playtest... Okay, so in the sense of Robocop, you've got to build literally prototype equipment... Literally have to build a thing that would encapsulate a brain, sustain it. Then you still got to write all the code,
0: and for what? You know, actually, there you're you're hitting on. I think maybe one of the few actual important themes of this minute is yeah. Hmm. So this movie. I mean, it's it's trying to talk about too many things and and none at all at the same time. But (laughs) yeah, what we're seeing here is that kind of development stuff that goes on behind the scenes of every major corporation, these insane deadlines, these Hmm. impossible expectations and all of that. Whereas in the original Robocop, it is just a flawless technology that just works out of the gate. Hmm. There is... Not really any trial it. We see Robocop being assembled, but the focus of those scenes is not to do with can we do this and how will it succeed as a product. Mm. It's more about the horror, or the body horror of having to actually physically go through that transformation.
1: Mm. Well, I, I appreciate what this movie, with this remake is trying to say. Mm. The problem is just that... It says too much. They're saying so much and saying absolutely nothing. Mm. I, I believe I said that very early on in this, like, in the banks of time, almost 50 weeks, almost a year ago, is that yeah. one of the reasons I didn't like this film is because it says a lot but doesn't say anything. It, it talks loud and says nothing. Mm and we get all these good concepts, but they never follow through with it because at the end of the day, you've still got to make a robot cop movie, and the guy that we're supposed to be talking about is the least interesting thing. Absolutely, yeah.
0: And honestly, that's not not a bad thing per se, depending on hmm. how you wanted to shift the focus of the story. But yeah, but at the same time, I mean, we've talked about this in previous minutes, it, it seems to want to be more about like a, a deconstruction and a very humanist a, a approach to Robocop of what does it feel like as an individual, as a family man to go through this. Hmm. But then at the same time, it, it looks at him from the outside and it's like, what perspective is this story trying to take place from?
1: If that is settled on... A theme, and kept with it. Oh hell! Mm. If they'd have settled on some of the original theming from the the original movie, of man regaining his humanity, the um, the exploitation of corporate America, like throw a dart and you'll know, hit a really great theme. But mm. they still deal with them. This one's like, we have themes. We have themes. We have themes. What are the, what are themes? Uh, we have them.
0: Yeah, no, that's a really good point, because obviously I've been doing the Alien prequels for four or five years now. <laughs> and Ridley Scott, you know, I think his earlier works, Alien, Blade Runner, they have a lot of themes, mm-hmm. but it's all coherent and yeah. there's a follow-through. It doesn't just ask those questions. It has a, a thesis statement, I, I suppose yes. is, is a better way to put it. Whereas... God, Alien... Well, okay, Prometheus and Alien Covenant, they have, they're have rich with sim- symbolism and imagery, mm. religious iconography, historical references, all of that. Yeah. But then you go, but what is that actually saying? And yes. for the most part, it doesn't have anything to say. It's like, oh, here's some Frankenstein motifs. Here's Prometheus' mm. motif, the Prometheus the God motifs, and all of that. But it's like, well, hang on, who's the Prometheus in this scenario here? And what do you... Mm, okay,
1: well, I, I would imagine that the Prometheus in Prometheus is, um, Wayland. Or oh, it could be the engineers, or... But he's not really a character. Yeah. Oh Yeah.
0: Why was Wayland hidden on that ship? Okay, I'm not getting on a <laughs> tangent, but he didn't need to be a secret character. <laughs> just putting it out there. Anyway.
1: Well, Prometheus was famous for stealing fire from the gods and giving it to humanity. Hmm. Wayland was trying to steal the fire from the engineers.
0: Okay, yeah, I guess so. Yeah,
1: but it doesn't fit thematically because again, Wayland was such a non-character because he was supposed to be a, you know, he was he was the Palpatine. Yeah, he is. He's he's the phantom fucking menace. And covenant
0: doesn't mean anything. Like there's no covenant between anyone or anything. Just okay, (laughs) alien covenant. That sounds good, I guess.
1: I want guy Pierce in his whale and makeup going Unlimited
0: Power Yeah, no, I I can see it. It'd be great. (laughs) Unlimited power. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Ian McDermott was made those movies fun. Mm -hmm. Anyway.
0: I think that's it. Oh, other than uh, RoboFly can taste peanut butter in his mouth, apparently. That is, I have heard that before, that mm. uh, having neurosurgery, you have yeah. to be awake for it, first of all. I yeah. hope I never, ever have to have any kind of brain surgery. No. No. No, no no, 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 Oh, no. horrifying. Oh, my God. Just like the whole top part of your head, and you've got to shave your head, and it's just, oh. Oh, Lord.
1: In RoboFlake's case, it's kind of a user service for
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, he's a Lego man now. You just <laughs> pop him off, pop, pop it back in. They pop the hood? <laughs> exactly.
1: Put him up on a stand, pop the yeah. hood, get the timing belt out.
0: <laughs> yeah, put him on an engine mount. Um, but,
1: oh. yeah. Oh, God, how about that? that would have been for body horror just to have his head on a plinth on the body slightly off of the Oh, side. they
0: should have done that, cowards. <laughs> Once again, they have disappointed us.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm all out of things to say. I think that's why I've been trying to say everything else.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, just giving us extra material to work with, I guess.
1: Let's say one positive thing about this remake It gives us a lot of things to talk about That's not this film
0: It do, it really do
1: (laughs) So Where can the lovely viewers find you?
0: You can find me at uh, Alien Prequels by Minute on Facebook. And you can find me at patreon.com slash designs. Keep an eye on those to see what I'm doing next. I think Tron in 60 Seconds might go to weekly, <laughs> you can say. We shall see.
1: Oh, I love that Tron in 60 Seconds. <laughs>
0: yeah, I have, I have to use it. So I have to go back in and edit uh, the episodes I've already recorded. Because I, I did these years ago as Patreon exclusives. So now it's gonna have the proper name.
1: I f- I feel bad because I think it's a funnier name than Tronologically speaking, but that's a good that's a good uh, that's a good title.
0: Yeah, it's Tronologically speaking, animatronic, and Tron in sixty seconds.
1: <laughs> uh, you can find me at uh, fandom crossing and Helios photos on and YouTube, Facebook, look all that I do. Kung Pao Enter the minutes. uh sporadically it's been almost three months so obviously not sporadically enough but more importantly you can check us out on simplecast spotify apple podcast google podcast all those podcast podcasting podcasts and we have youtube go like share subscribe bells whistles notifications rate and review and maybe leave us a comment on something because so we get some feedback and know that actually people listening to us are not you know we're not going into the void no it's cool if we're going into the void we're having fun i'm having fun (laughs) and until next time robo 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 robocock Ho.